Well, Thanksgiving is one of my, if not my favorite holiday. I, I love Thanksgiving, partly because we're in the stage of life when kids are off to college and they often come back home at Thanksgiving. So welcome to all of you college students who are, who are back with us. But um, it, it's one of my favorites and I, it's always been a favorite. I would change one thing about Thanksgiving if I could. I'd change the schedule a little bit because Thanksgiving always gets short-changed because we're all going to start already starting to shop for Christmas tonight probably and Thanksgiving ends so soon. I think our Canadian friends have it right celebrating a month earlier uh, so you can more live into a Thanksgiving longer than that. But Thanksgiving's always been a staple holiday, right? At the end of November, the fourth Thursday. But it hasn't always been that way. This hasn't always been a holiday. In fact, it's a relatively new phenomena if you know the history of Thanksgiving. Let me give you a, a quick history lesson this morning for those of you who are interested in history. Right? If asked, I think most of us would point back to the first Thanksgiving being that one back in 1621, right? When, when the pilgrims uh, and the, the Wampanoag Indians, I had to look at that one to make sure I said it right, when they got together, right, and, and they celebrated that first Thanksgiving in 1621, right? Governor William Bradford, he called for a feast because they survived the first year and, and because their corn harvest was good enough that fall that they realized that they were going to have enough food to survive the winter. And so most of us would point back to that one, right? Because that's the one in elementary school that we make, you know, costumes out of brown paper bags and black construction paper and dress up. I saw pictures from Granville Christian on Facebook of the, what is it, second grade, third grade? I forget, first grade, thank you. First graders all dressed up in their paper bag costumes. And I actually went back yesterday to my photo album. I found my picture. When I was in first grade, had the very same costumes. You've been doing it forever, right? Which is great, right? So, so on that first 1621, Governor Bradford sent four guys out hunting and they came back with more birds that they shot than they needed. They could feed the colony for a, for a week. And then the, their Native American friends came and brought five deer. And so that first Thanksgiving was three days long. So if your relatives come and stay with you for three days, they're just living out the Thanksgiving tradition, right? So we think, okay, there's your first Thanksgiving. We've been having Thanksgiving ever since, right? Wrong. That was a one-time event. They had no intention of saying, let's do this every year. There wasn't the second Thanksgiving in 1622, right? It was a one-time celebration. And then throughout American history, every once in a while, at a grand occasion, the president would declare a national day of Thanksgiving in the middle of the week when he told, you, told the whole nation, quit work for this day and go to church and give thanks to God. So, so George Washington did that in 1777, following the victory of the Battle of Saratoga. I don't know anything about that battle, but it must have been big enough that he said, everybody stop what you're doing and go give thanks to God for the Revolutionary War victory at Saratoga. And then 12 years later, they had a day of thanksgiving for the, for the ratification of the Constitution of the United States. And then 20-some and then years later, 1814, they had another day of thanksgiving at the close of the War of 1812. And in 1815, the next year, they had two Thanksgiving days. I don't know what they were for, but there were two of them. Then the next one, the next major one, doesn't come until 1863. President Lincoln, in the middle of the Civil War, right, when things are at the bleakest and darkest, he calls a day of Thanksgiving for the last Thursday in November in order to boost the Union's morale. 
right? And that, it's that Thanksgiving Day in 1863 that started the movement to make this a national holiday. But even then, it hardly caught on. It wasn't until May 1941, almost 80 years later, that finally President Franklin Roosevelt signed the bill establishing the fourth Thursday in November as a national Thanksgiving Day. So those of you here who are 76 years young, you're the same age as Thanksgiving Day. It's not that old. We haven't been doing this for all that long. So it's a rather new phenomenon, but as I reflected on it this week, I began to wonder if maybe already this whole day of Thanksgiving this concept of Thanksgiving Day, this concept of stopping everything and coming to church to give thanks to God, is already in our nation and maybe in our lives a little bit old school, a little bit outdated, a little bit maybe seen as unnecessary. I'm wondering if this holiday is really good for much more than, than eating good food and watching football and, and shopping, beginning your shopping for Christmas. Is it still serving its purpose? You see, think back to that first Thanksgiving, 1621. Right? It was all about celebrating a successful harvest for those pilgrims that they brought in that first fall. Remember, they weren't sure that whole first year that they were here, that they were there in, in the New England colony, they weren't sure that they were actually going to live through the coming winter. They had no guarantees that they were going to have enough food to survive. And remember, by this point, over a half of them, over a half of the people who came over on the ship had already died. So imagine if, if this ship is the colony, or this, this, this room is a ship full of the people. Half of you are already dead. And the rest of you aren't sure that you're going to get enough food to live through this winter. And the corn harvest came in, and there was enough. Now, you still might not survive the winter, but it's not going to be because you're starving. That's reason to celebrate. You have life. You have a future. Right? But now, I mean, hundreds of years later, we, have, we know so much more about farming and food production. Right? They, they were living at that moment at the whim of unexplained forces that they could not predict, that they could not control, right? A, a good harvest for them was, was totally, really unexpected. An unexpected blessing. But we're so far beyond that now, aren't we? Right? Farming has become this big business that uses technology to control most of the variables except for you know, the biggest ones. Right? So now we have top-notch meteorologists who, who can help predict the weather and you can prepare for whatever's coming. We have herbicides and pesticides that, that protect the harvest from insects and diseases. We have fertilizers and techniques that allow us to grow more per acre than anybody could have dreamt of back in the mid-1600s. We genetically modify our seeds to get greater harvest. And then, and then when it's harvest time, right, we can plan it perfectly according to the weather, and we drive out these huge machines that harvest in no time. Right? There's not the same risk anymore. We can just look at the progress of agricultural science and wisdom, and we can look at the farmer scientists, because that's really what they are now, and give thanks to them for the food that's going to carry us through this winter and beyond, right? And thinking back to Abraham Lincoln, when he called a day of Thanksgiving in the middle of this war-torn country, he, he called them to give thanks 
1963, for the peace that the United States has experienced around the world while they fought amongst themselves. And the fact that no other world power came in and started a war with us or took up was a gift from them. They said, give thanks for the peace that we've experienced even in the middle of our own war. Hey, but, but we know now how peace happens, how it's maintained. Peace comes from having a powerful enough military and enough bombs to scare away anybody who might attack us, right? Peace comes through, through men and women of the military who are committed to and willing to defend us and our freedoms. Peace comes through good negotiators and, and good diplomats who build good relationships and friendships with other nations. And so I'm thankful for the men and women of our military. I'm thankful for, for the good national leaders when they do their job well and bring us the peace that we enjoy. And I'm so grateful for the miracle of modern medicine, right? Of course, even the best advances in medicine aren't going to extend life forever. We all have to journey through that with people we love or even our own journey. But I'm so thankful that, that, that so much more that the doctors and nurses can do now to help us and to extend our lives and to bring relief to us in our pain. I think about that often when I look at my family, when I look at my children. Right when my daughter was born, she didn't breathe for the, on her own for the first 10 minutes of her life. And we just caught this glimpse of her as the doctors and nurses rushed her out of the room and left us as brand new parents, scared and afraid. And I keep thinking about it. Think if, if that had been 50 years earlier, I'm sure that she wouldn't have lived. But the miracle of modern medicine made it possible for her. And then, then when my son was born, it was emergency C-section. I think 50 years earlier, my, I guess my wife probably wouldn't have lived through that. I'd be a single father of one boy. But I'm so grateful for what the gift of modern medicine can do, right? And it's amazing what's possible now, from cancer treatments to AIDS medications to surgeries that used to be risky and now are, are so re routine, some of them outpatient now. Thankful for the progress. And every year, our November World Tour series that we just finished Reminds me to be so thankful that I live where I live with an economy that has produced for us unbelievable wealth. Now, I realize that many people here in the United States still are caught in the cycle of poverty. But when I look over the room here this morning, I would guess, I would dare to guess that very few of us are desperately living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe some of us. Very few of us are wondering if we will be eating at the end of the month. We may be wondering what we will be eating, but not if we will be eating. We may worry about our retirement, but, but we're mostly going to be worried about whether we're going to be able to travel or afford a place in Florida. <laughs> not if we're going to be able to retire, right? I'm grateful for an economic system that made us one of the richest nations in the world and that you and I got plopped down in the middle of it. Lately, I've been reflecting on how grateful I am for the technological advances as well that have made our world so much smaller than it used to be. Remember it used to be that when somebody would head off on, on a journey, a long journey, they would head off knowing that they would most likely never be back again. When those pioneers rode out west on their covered wagons, they said goodbye to the people they loved knowing that they're never coming back. When some of your parents or grandparents, if they did, if they immigrated from, from Europe, they hopped on a boat 
knowing that they're never going to see their family again that they left behind. They, they got on that boat for a miserable two-week journey. We don't have to ride boats anymore unless we choose to on a cruise, right? Now we can hop on an airplane and, and we can be across the ocean in no time. And, and this technology has, has brought the world close to us and cultures close to us and people close to us. And we're, we're sometimes so blind to the technology that we get in these airplanes and instead of being amazed that this thing actually gets off the ground, we just complain about the legroom and that they're charging us for Wi-Fi and the food doesn't taste all that good, Right? Maybe even if we don't travel much, our world is still so much more accessible with the technology at our fingertips. I, I'm not that old, but I grew up in the era of, of writing a letter if you want to talk to somebody, right? Pen and paper, envelope and stamp, drop in the mail, wait a week or two to get a response back. Now, nowadays, you carry it in your pocket and you send an email and they better get back to you within a day or you think they might have died. You send a text and you better get back to you within an hour or you wonder if you're friends anymore, right? And you can do that with people all around the world. You can, you, you're, if you've got family across the ocean, you can communicate with them. You can send them a picture of their grandkid. You can send them a cat picture just because you feel like it. Right? It's all right there at our fingertips. Technology has brought the whole world to us without us even having to leave home. We have it so good here, right? And it's so easy for us to complain about what we don't have. But then we need to point out all the, the advances of technology and medicine and travel and food production and so much more and how our lives have changed for the better and how opportunities have been opened for us and how good life is even through the challenges. Okay, and that's why I wonder if this day, Thanksgiving Day, has become old school for many of us has become outdated and unnecessary. Because we can control so much now. All those things I just ran through are things we control. Right? We can shape our own blessings now, right? Through our own advancements, through our own abilities, through our own wisdom. And we don't really need God, do we? We just need a good farmer scientist to keep the food coming. We just need some good politicians to keep us at peace. And we just need a really good doctor who knows the latest and greatest treatments. And, and we need a good financial planner who can keep our, our investments safely growing. Give us all those things and I'm all set, right? Don't really need God. Now, I doubt many of us would speak those words because we know that's not the right answer. But I bet that's how many of us live our lives day in and day out. We've got this. I got this under control. I don't really need God today because I've got it all under control. Which I think is why you and I need to listen very carefully this morning to the words of Deuteronomy chapter 8. These are words that Moses spoke to the people of Israel. Let me give you the situation before I read it. The people of Israel are on the, the verge of stepping into the promised land. Right? They have just wandered in the, in the desert for 40 years, a whole generation, and all their years in the desert, they have had nothing. Right? They didn't have food for tomorrow. They depended on the manna every day. They didn't have enough, they didn't have a pantry, they didn't have storage. 
Every morning they depended on the manna. They didn't have an extra pair of shoes or extra clothes. They trusted that God, and he was faithful to them, would, would not let their shoes wear out would not let their clothes wear out for 40 years. They depended on God desperately. They had nothing. And now, after 40 years of wandering with nothing, they're about to experience blessing and prosperity like they have never imagined before. They're about to receive wealth and security and ease that's going to blow their minds. And Moses, their leader, is scared for them. And he speaks these words of warning, Deuteronomy 8, starting at verse 10. He's got the whole nation together. They're on the verge of getting what they dreamed of. And he says this. He says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, which they haven't had for 40 years besides manna, right? When you, are, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commandments, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses, and when you settle down, and when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all that you have is multiplied... Then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands has produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. You and I are in the place that Moses was scared of. He was scared for the people of Israel. He could speak these words today because he's scared for you and me. Be careful. Be careful. When you have more than enough to eat, and when you have a fine house, and when your business is going well and turning a profit, and when your bank account is solid, when everything's good, watch out. Because that's when you're going to forget God. When you have a life of great blessing, remember that it is God who's given you the hands and the mind and the opportunities and the resources that made it all possible. Remember, Moses says, remember when you get there. That all the gratitude belongs to God. All the thanks should go to him. Moses gives him this clear warning. Don't forget God, please. And my guess is most of you know how this Old Testament story goes. 
Right, the people of Israel get into the promised land and they experience all these blessings. They get the fine houses and the great harvest and, and the wonderful food and the riches and the wealth and the gold and the silver. And they say to Moses, before they get in there, they say, we're going to remember. We will never forget. Of course it all belongs to God. And they get there and they forget. They forget where their good things came from. They forget about God. Their pride takes over and they say, look at what I've done. Look at what I've built. Look at how I've controlled everything. And they forget to be thankful. When we eat, you and I, when we eat and are satisfied, when we are well cared for with great and wonderful medical advances, when we enjoy peace and prosperity in our lives, when the economy is great, right? When the stock market is high and our bank account is solid and, and the job is secure, when we are surrounded by grocery stores and restaurants where we can get whatever food our palate desires at any time, when we have the time and the resources to take a vacation, to see the world, to spend time at a cottage, out that is when we most need to be careful because we will forget God we will forget the God who has made all of that possible medical advances don't get the ultimate credit for your successful surgery for the healthy birth of your child last year for the treatments you're going through right now that are giving you life. And great advances in farming technology don't get credit for the food on your table. And your hard work and your smarts and your education do not get credit for your financial security and for your comfortable retirement and for the, the roof over your head. Remember the Lord your God who gave you the ability. You know, the fact that Thanksgiving Day can seem old school, outdated, unnecessary is exactly why we need this day so desperately, isn't it? So let today, these words of Deuteronomy 8, let today be the reminder you and I need, be the warning that you and I need all year long. Hear Moses' words every morning. Be careful. Be careful. Do not forget where these good things in your life come from. Do not forget the Lord your God who deserves all the credit. Do not forget the Lord your God who deserves thanksgiving every day. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to give you a chance in just a few moments to give God credit for his goodness in your life. The chance to remember the Lord your God as we do some Thanksgiving sharing for our Thanksgiving prayer. So Brent and I in just a moment are going to each take a microphone. We're going to each head down one aisle and give you a few moments to celebrate, to give credit to God for what he's done. Maybe a simple blessing, maybe a profound blessing that he's given you. We haven't done this for a number of years, so I'm hoping that you remember how, and I'm hoping you're ready to give thanks to the one who deserves that. But before we do that, before we offer that opportunity to share your thanksgiving, let me just read Moses' warning one more time. 
and let this message sink in to your heart and your life. Here Moses not speaking to the people of Israel, but here's Moses speaking to the people of Eigenrest. And he says to us, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands and his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and your flocks grow large, and your silver and your gold and your bank account increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God. You may say to yourself, my power, the strength of my hands has produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It's God who has given you everything. We need to give him the credit. So we're going to give you a chance to do that right now. Brent, would you come up? We're going to go down the aisles, and if you just want to... If you would like to share a thanksgiving that God has worked in your life, again, it can be simple, it can be profound. It can be one word, it can be a story. This is our prayer time, our prayer of thanksgiving as a congregation, to give thanks and point to God for his goodness. Feel free to put your hand up, and we will come and hand you the microphone. And if there's times of silence, I know we always are uncomfortable with silence, make that silence your time to be praying silently to God, your thanksgiving that maybe you don't dare say out loud. Anybody want to start us off this morning? I see a hand right over here. What's your Thanksgiving? Gracias para mi escuela. Muy bien. <laughs> That's the extent of my Spanish right there. Thank you for starting us off today. Can you help me get that one down to Dave? I just want to say thank you, Lord, for the many blessings I've received from this church, family, the outpouring of love, support I'm getting. I'm on a journey. I will continue to be, but the Lord is with me. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that continues to work in the hearts of everybody here because the Lord said you will feel my presence through the people that continue to pray for, pray for you and... Uh, so I think of Matthew, where the Lord says, love the Lord your God. That's number one. Number two, love your neighbor. And we feel loved. But we thank you for your presence. Amen. Thank you so much, Dave. See Dale's hand. I'll get over there. Uh, you go first, Brent. Life. Excellent. Dale? I want to echo uh, Dave's um, thanks. Um, I am so grateful for a loving and caring church family. Uh, we have been so blessed. Thank you, Dale. My cousins and my brothers. Thank you for God. Awesome. I love it. 
Tammy. So um, over three years ago now, uh, I was diagnosed with my cancer, and uh, I am super thankful for everything that um, this pe the people in this church have done for me. Um, I remember the, um, the first day after chemo, and I um, felt so sick, and I, um, oh shoot, I didn't want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken okay. me three years, because I was like, I, I'll, I'll wait till I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'm going to be waiting anyways. forever. You're anyways, <laughs> so just so thankful that day. Um, I sat on my couch, and I thought, oh, I feel so sick. How, what am I going to feed my family tonight? And um, I called Ellen, and she said, oh, we have all these meals in the freezer. You know, um, I'm going to put four of them out for you right now. And um, Jen Hogan came and picked them up for me and brought me some Sprite and crackers because that's what you want when you don't want to mm -hmm. eat anything. And we, we remember eating that meal. It was like a... Um, pizza lasagna and I remember just looking at my family and thinking like I don't even know who made this their name wasn't on it but um somebody took the time to make this for us and and then the the blessings went on and on we even had um Bobby Flay brought a meal right <laughs> wow. Bobby Flay and it was really cute <laughs> and it was really good I think it really was from him um anyway it's just so many blessings that um, came out of that and so it's hard to go through that and as a young mom you think um, am I gonna make it am I gonna be here to be with my family and um, I'm so I'm so thankful that I, I made it through and, and now I feel like okay God what what do you want me to do now like I feel like I need to do something really great and I feel like I'm not really but I'm, I'm gonna keep trying <laughs> and um, anyways I'm just I'm really thankful for everything that this church uh, has done for me and with the kids in um, iCloud I took a thing of yarn and I strung it across and all the cards that were sent to me during that time and it's it's like a really long line of cards and each and every one of them were um, very meaningful to me so um, when you make a meal or send a card or um, whatever it is you do knit or pray. Just know that um, that the person that you're doing that for is really thankful and that um, that's the beauty of being part of a church family like this because I don't know how people go through things like that without having friends and family to support you like that. So I'm thankful for you all. Thank you so much, Tammy. Uh, Marissa and I are thankful and excited that we're expecting a child in May. Congratulations! I did not know that. We've got to have these open mind things more often. This is great. Congratulations. I see a couple of hands. I'll work my way back. Thank you for our community. Awesome. Thank you. And back here. Two weeks ago, my brother-in-law had a major heart attack. 
and he coded three times on the way to the hospital, and they did not think he'd make it. And today he's having Thanksgiving at home with his family. So I am thankful for that. My husband is having surgery next week. You probably read that in the bulletin. So I'm thankful for doctors, but I'm so thankful for the testimony of these people. Dave, I, I was so happy to see you walk in church. You brought tears to my eyes, but I'm so happy to see you because I've been praying and I know all these people have been praying for you daily, if not more than once a day. And we're here for you. And I hope you feel that love and that strength from this community. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to have to wrap this up soon. So if you're thinking about sharing, that worship team, why don't you make your way forward if you could? Are there, oh, there's a hand way back there, Brent, in your section, back in the corner. I am thankful for God finally give, God finally giving me the opportunity to work at Granville Christian, the little kids in the library and the child care. Awesome. Thank you, Abby. Anybody else? I don't want to cut you short if you John? Come on. I just thank God for his faithfulness. Uh, week after week, month after month, year after year, and generation after generation, he is faithful. In sickness and even death, he is with us forever and ever and ever. So thank you for your faithfulness, dear God. Thank you, John. Is that our last one? Oh, it's not. It's not. Good. They knew I would. <laughs> I am just extremely thankful for the hard things in life, for my refugee kids that are on our Boeing team, for the migrant worker that came here as a teenager that teaches me so much that I don't know. And just for God's presence and uh, his being with us, whether we do anything for him or not, that he loves us. I'm really thankful that God is writing our story and that even in the darkest day, we know it's not done. On this last trip to Asia, I met a couple that had to flee their country for political persecution. And when they thought they had lost everything, it was in the refugee camp that they met Jesus. And they returned to their country and now are sharing the gospel in remote places in their own land. Only God could write that story. So I praise him that he's writing our stories and the end is in his hands. Um, our family is so thankful this Thanksgiving for the gift of new life. Um, our grandson, Ellis, our nephew, Ellis, and um, he came to us after a time of sadness for our son and daughter-in-law. And we just are so thankful today for that gift and this morning already I've seen little babies here in church and it's just so wonderful to see um, new life so thank you would you pray um, with me 
Oh, I'm sorry, Maria, you're, you're going to wrap yeah. us up. <laughs> Never mind, we're going to go a couple more before we pray. We're thankful um, for all the blessings God has given us throughout the years. And we're very thankful that in this time of stress for people like us who came from different countries, um, there is a lot of people who have no idea what's going to happen to them in the next six months or 18, 18 months. Um, it's not an easy situation. Uh, most of my friends belong to that community. And we're very thankful because I think it was three years ago, we didn't make it public, but we became USA citizens. Um, my husband, my daughter Anna, and I became finally USA citizens, and I had to wait like 30 years to do that. Um, went through the struggles of changing from one um, immigration status to, uh, I could tell you a long story of all the types of visas and work permits that I had. And um, I'm so thankful that my other children, five of them, had um, the opportunity to be born in this country and not to have to go through what a lot of our students, even students, are going through. So we're thankful for all the blessing God has given us. Thank you, Maria. Absolutely. Awesome. Thankful for his friends and family. That's a great one. Anyone else? I don't want to cut you short. Would you pray with me? God, you are a good good father to us your children we've given thanks for so many things out loud we've given thanks for so many things in our minds and in our hearts help us to give credit where credit is due and that is to you God you are a good good father who blesses us your children so richly so may today be the start of another not just day of thanksgiving, but season of thanksgiving. Lifetime of thanksgiving. When we are blessed, Father, help us to be careful. Don't let us forget. May we love you and give thanks to you, our good, good Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and let's sing to that good, good Father.